Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every week we meet around this little table, we talk about things that are on our mind. And you know what has to be on our mind this weekend, right, Rach? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day for me is one of those days that I have bittersweet stuff going on inside me. And if, and if we're honest, I'm sure that a lot of folks feel that way. Wouldn't you agree? Um, yes. You know, Mother's Day uh, for me, uh, my kids are still relatively young, you know, still in school. So largely um, for the last 20 years have been, you know, home with me. And so that makes Mother's Day sweet for me. But the bitter part is I lost my own mother when I was just 17. And so... I have not had a Mother's Day with my mother in a very long time. So I get the bittersweet, yeah. Yeah, and I know that there are good memories and crazy memories in everybody's life. And some folks may may say, well, you know, I would love to be a mom. I can't. Uh, we're trying, and so Mother's Day is hard. And sometimes Mother's Day just is hard. My mom has been gone now for almost five years. And your mom's been gone for a very long time. And those, those things just tug at your heart. But here's something that I started doing years ago. I try to seek out someone that needs to celebrate Mother's Day that wouldn't be able to celebrate any other way unless I showed up in their life. And I'll give you an example. We had a lady that lived on the same lake that we do, and her name was Alice. And Alice moved here and was one of my husband's customers. And we befriended her and just helped her with different things, different tasks. And when Mother's Day rolled around, I discovered ahead of time that she didn't have anybody. There was nobody around to celebrate with her. And she had kind of been okay with that over time. You know, she had just toughened up and learned to deal with it. But she was starting to slip into Alzheimer's. And I invited her over for lunch one day. And it was when the day that all my kids were coming home to celebrate Mother's Day with us. And I said, hey guys, I'm inviting Alice over and I would love to just shower her with lots of love and hugs and kisses. And my kids went all out for her. And they gave her Mother's Day cards, they gave her gifts, and she sat as the, the queen <laughs> in the living room that day. And she sat there and cried and said, I don't remember ever having this kind of a Mother's Day. To me, that... That's what Mother's Day is about. It's honoring the people in our lives who have have touched us in some way that has been a mother or been mothering for us at some point in our life. 
Sometimes, yes, our own mothers are not with us. Sometimes our own mothers did not do a lot of mothering. Um, but there are often people that God places in our lives who do. When my mom passed away, I was 17, and um, I was there when, when she passed. She had been sick with cancer. She had been in the hospital a lot and through a lot of treatments and fought this for a long time. And then she came home with hospice. And so, um, so I was there that day, and... Um, we knew the end was near, and uh, right after she passed, one of her friends, um, a, a family friend of ours, showed up, and uh, of course, I was crying and, and distraught, and I remember um, her hugging me, and what I was saying to her was, um, you know, I felt so, I mean, I was 17, I, was, I wasn't seven, but I just felt so young, and I felt like there was so much of my life still ahead of me, and it was all filled with question marks, you know, um, and I just thought, how am I going to navigate all of this without my mom? And so what I was saying to her was exactly that. What am I going to do when it's, you know, time to go to college and I don't have a mom to help me? And what am I going to do when it's time to graduate and, and, and start my life and, and get a, get my own house and, and, and get married? And, and what am I going to do when it's time to have kids and, and I don't have a mom to help me? I didn't know anything about birth and no babies. And so I just remember saying all of this to her, and what she said to me was, Rachel, when those times in your life come, God will make sure that there is someone there to fill that role. And I just staked my hope on that. I mean, I did not question that. <laughs> I just, I so needed that to be true that I just decided in that moment that that would be true. And Luann, it has been true. I mean, I, I gave you the nickname Mama Lou because you have mothered me. But there's been a number of women at different times in my life. It's not just one woman who came and sort of took the place of my mom and has been that forever since. In different seasons, it's different women. To me, uh, mothering one another is a super important way to be the body of Christ. As we think about Mother's Day, I, I wonder if there are some words that we could say to someone in our life someone that maybe will be alone, someone, a young girl who needs to know that she's loved. There's some people in our lives that really need to know that it is all about being there for one another when God gives you that nudge. And you've had a lot of nudges in your life from other women. And I know that you've had the same opportunity because you're a teacher I know you've had the same opportunity to show some mothering kind of love to younger people and pass it on. I've had um, several instances in my life where um, a, a, a someone comes into my life and sometimes like it's from a really like a, even a faraway thing, like someone who lives in the Midwest and I live in, you know, in the South and we have never even met face to face, but God brings their family into my life somehow. And then within a year, the mother passes away and they, ha and there's a daughter, you know, and there's my opportunity. I understand what she's about to go through. 
Um, so yes, that has happened, and and I mean, just this semester, it wasn't a it wasn't a daughter, but just this semester, one of my students in my class, his his mother passed away in the middle of the semester, and so you know, I I reached out to him and tried to help him uh, walk through that, and and gave him some lessons that I've learned along the way about stopping to grieve and. Um, in Genesis, it says that we, you know, God made male and female um, in His image, and um, that tells me that all the mothering sort of instincts that we have, God has those too. You know, um, so when someone is the body of Christ, that includes being a mother to the motherless. Absolutely, and you know, there are some folks that maybe they're going to just have to spend Mother's Day alone this year, and. Maybe they have kids, but you know how life gets. My kids are all going to be going in separate directions. And I remember the very first time that I spent Mother's Day absolutely alone. And I was blue. Oh, my goodness. I got up and I was like, what What just happened? How did this happen? You know, all of a sudden, my kids are off and my, one's married, two are in college. And I'm like, well, what do you mean nobody's coming home for Mother's Day? And I had this big old pity party. I got up that morning and, you know, I'm just going to admit, I said, I don't want to see anybody today. If I can't see my kids, I don't want to see anybody. Just take me for a drive. And he was like, okay, having one of those days. <laughs> so he took me for a drive and we're driving through the country and suddenly I saw her. I saw this little red convertible Miata sitting for sale in a yard. And I said, pull over, pull over, pull over. And he was like, oh no, oh no. And I said, yes, yes. And I bought that Miata on the spot and I took myself for a little Mother's Day joyride. <laughs> that was that was my very first Mother's Day alone, and now my husband makes sure I never have any more of those. Yeah, this this weekend I will have Caleb um, here. He he's of course you know he still lives at home, but my daughter, as you know, Luann is in New York City this semester. She comes home at the end of this month, um, but that means she's not here for Mother's Day, and it will be the first Mother's Day since she was born that she won't be here. So. Um, I'll try not to buy a new car this weekend. You know, I remember doing things for my mom that when I look back, I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, that was such a goofy thing to do, you know, just trying to make something for her to enjoy the day. But my mom never minded the goofy things that I did or said or bought, and she always just smiled and and now I get it. You know, I'm a mom and a grandma, so it doesn't really matter what my kids do or what they create or what they say. I am just so thrilled to be able to share time with them. I do have a distinct memory of making breakfast for my mom in bed with my two older brothers' help. And, um, you know, and, and she was going to get up and, you know, dad had to go and tell her, no, no, you need to, you need to wait here because the kids are making breakfast for you in bed. And I, um, I don't know that this is the case, but now I picture her like 
rather bored just sitting in bed waiting, you know, because it took us a long time to get that <laughs> breakfast ready. And we brought it to her. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, to my dad's, I don't know, my dad's credit or, or I don't know, you know, like the, the toast was burnt. He let us do it. So the toast was burnt and like it was just not a breakfast that you would want to eat. So I think now from my mom's perspective, we, she had to sit in bed for probably 40 minutes waiting for this these kids to bring this and then she gets burnt toast and sloppy oatmeal and whatever else you know pop tart whatever else we we figured would make a good breakfast for uh-huh. her so I do remember that and then I and, I and she was very kind and gracious you know same thing she didn't care that she had burnt toast and she thought it was great thought it was awesome and you know ate it all and told us how good it was which I now know you know she was being um supportive <laughs> If you have been, like, pulling your hair out, I've got a couple of young friends who have young children, and my own children have young ones, and sometimes they just want to pull their hair out. But soon enough, they are up and gone, and you look back on those times, and you say, oh, I wish I would have hung on to those memories and lived fully in the moment. And and I don't know if you can ever really understand that until you're on the other side of it. When you're on the other side, you go, oh man, precious. Those are so precious and few. I mean, I'm looking at my grandson who's turning 15 in a couple of weeks, my oldest grandson. And I look at the pictures of him when he was young and I'm thinking, oh, my daughter is starting to get a little bit anxious because she's saying, oh, in three years, he's going to college. Mom, I'm not ready. And so as we look at Mother's Day, my biggest thing I want to make sure we get is time is the most important thing that we can give to one another. Whether it's someone who's just been mothering you or someone that you are mothering, there is nothing that replaces quality time spent with those people. You probably know this about me, Luann. My parents, as I was growing up, owned a, a chain of Hallmark stores. So um, this feels a little bit sacrilegious to say. <laughs> However, I would recommend call the person. Don't just stick a card in the mail with your signature on it. You know, call them and spend some time um, talking to them or drop by and spend some time visiting her. You know, I couldn't agree more. And I just read a research article that said if you want to do something out of the box for your sweet, loving partner, in marriage, call your in-law, call your mother-in-law and talk to them for five minutes and tell them how much they mean to you on Mother's Day. Not only will it mean more than a card, but your ranking with your spouse is going to skyrocket because you took the time to call their parent, their mom. And how precious is that? That's a great idea. Now, you and your husband just took your mother-in-law on a trip last weekend, right? We did. And you know what I love? My mother-in-law, and I call her my mother-in-love, because I just I adore her. 
And she allows me to just hug the snot out of her. And and it's because my mom was such a hugger. I miss those mama hugs. And I just wrap her up and whatever we can do to make her have a good day and whatever we can do to surprise her and make her time that's left really uh, valuable and memorable, I want to do it because not only does it make her time happy, but I can see my husband's face light up and he will tell me, thank you for loving my mom well. And I do, I love her. And there are so many women in our lives that we could shower with some special love like that. So Luann, do you feel like you have in any way turned into your mother? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I remember when I was just getting married and thinking about having kids and I'm like, I am going to do things so differently, you know, and we, we just think we're going to conquer the world and everything is going to be better and different. But then I, I, I remember my mom when I was in second grade, that was my very favorite time in my childhood, that one year. And I think it's because everything lined up for me. It was like everything at school started clicking. I, I loved my friends at school. I adored my teacher. My teacher that year would read to us every day started reading the boxcar children and i remember falling in love with reading that year and my mom would get out and all my friends would come to our yard to play because our yard was the cool yard and i was like i've never i've never felt that before and my mom would get out and take us for long walks we would walk all the way into town which was a good hike But she was unafraid to walk and play with us and play tag. And and I remember holding that memory in my mind and saying, that, that is the mom I want to be. There were a lot of not so great memories growing up, but that memory of my second grade year was absolutely priceless. She would bake cookies. She would bake pies. She would let us be involved in all of that. And my mom was so happy that year. And I thought, I can choose to be that mom 24-7 and not let it be just a one year out of my life. Research shows that the elementary school years are the happiest years for parents and for the parental marriage Um, and just in the family life cycle, those elementary school years, not the kindergarten one when they're all sad that my baby is off in school, but probably right around there in that second, third grade range. um, It is a, it's also a mindset and it's a, it's a choice rather, even if your circumstances are not lining up for you to be a stay-at-home mom baking cookies, able to take their kids on long walks after school, you can still um, choose to have that kind of a uh, carefree, loving servant's heart in the time that you do have available with your kids. It is a, it's kind of a mindset. 
It absolutely is a mindset, and I have now tried to do that with my grandkids. You know, I I have grandma-grandpa camp every year, and so my goal with my kids and my grandkids is I can't give them everything. I We're not independently wealthy, and we can't, I don't even want to compete with material goods, but I can always give them time and experiences. I mean, I taught every one of my grandkids how to ride a bike. I taught every one of them how to climb a tree. I taught them how to uh, play tag. I mean, there are just so many things that you can do that are simple. And my grandkids love hanging out with us because we try to spend that experiential quality time with them. And I think that's what, for me, being a mom is all about. Yeah, and, and being that teacher. I love that you taught them all how to ride a bike and climb a tree. Um, and that also tells me that you've been very present on a regular basis with them to, to for the fact that they didn't all learn to do that when you weren't around. Um, that's awesome. Do you still climb trees? I try. I'll tell you, one, one, of, one I was a big tree climber as a kid. And, and so I would climb the tree and then swing out on a branch and drop. Well, I remember trying to climb up in a tree to get a ball down. The kids had been playing uh, kickball and they got a ball up in the tree and I jumped up there and I climbed up the tree and I came back down and grabbed that limb and swung down like I always did. And suddenly I realized that I didn't have just 50 pounds to hold me anymore. You know, like when I was young, I just had a 50 pound little body and all of a sudden, uh, all my weight I felt in every finger and my hands just absolutely let go and I landed flat on my back. And I said, hmm, all right, not going to do that again. <laughs> I, in my mind, I could still do it, but my body said, no, no, you can't. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah, I get it. I was a former gymnast, and um, I, I remember in my mind, I can still do all of those things. I know exactly right how to do them. Um, but today, half of them, if I go to do them, my body's like, uh-uh, nope, not happening. <laughs> I remember being in the yard with my daughter and I'm going to teach her how to do cartwheels and handstands. And then I'm going to teach her, uh, you know, uh, a, she couldn't do the walkover yet, but, you know, a front walkover, a back walkover. And then, you know, honestly, a, a back handspring is easier than a back walkover in my in my opinion. But there's a caveat to that when you are young and springy. <laughs> uh, so I went to do a back handspring, which is yeah, I had just done the back walkover. So I'm like, you know, this this is even easier. You know, you, it takes a little bit more guts, but it's easier. Well, not so much when you're middle age. <laughs> It didn't end well. Well, it, it, it wasn't pretty. We'll say that. It wasn't pretty back in spring. And when I, I did make it over, and then I'm like, mental note, never again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I want to get across to everybody is the best thing you could do this Mother's Day is spend time. Whether it's time on the phone or a visit, something that will show the people in your life that are like your mother, would you take a moment to just pick up the phone and say, I love you, and this is what you mean to me? I think spending time 
and experiencing life together is the key to a fantastic Mother's Day. And I would just add from something you just taught me in this show, also find a woman who could use, even if she's not been a mother to you, who could use a little Mother's Day love. Well, there you go. Ladies, we can all be somebody's answer to prayer on this Mother's Day. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.